When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. And oh boy, Christian, this, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a doozy, I think. We've got this episode and one more before the end of the regular season. We do a bunch of playoff previews. So we only got two regular season episodes left. And today in general has just been kind of a doozy for me. I, I woke up with probably the biggest allergy attack I've had in like three years. The French quiz video project, just college in general on Sundays being a pain. Then the games started happening today and I have struck out on every single game so far today. So if I, if I sound like kind of downtrodden and uh, my voice a little low, it's been a long day for me. So yeah. just, just put in context, Griffin's having the definition of Sunday scaries. Um, his all-time favorite player, Alex Ovechkin, left the game uh, today too, injured, did not look good. Um, so hugs for Griffin. Um, and this episode, we're going to talk about some bad things that are going on for the Avs. But there's also a ton of good things to talk about still. So we're going to try and remain as positive as possible because in the grand scheme of things, like we have mentioned a thousand times in these past couple of weeks, these games mean absolutely nothing. Right. The sun will still rise tomorrow. We should probably mention what's going on. You know, yeah. since we last recorded, the Avalanche lose two more games, this time six to three to the Edmonton Oilers and today four to one to the Winnipeg Jets in what I think is one of their worst performances in a long, long time. But before we dive into too much of the negative, because there's a lot of negativity just making the rounds right now in the apps community, Peter Ball tweeted something a little after the game saying that not saying everything is fine. Day, this was a bad road trip for the apps, but some perspective 
Tampa finished last season on a three-game losing streak in which they were outscored 14 to three. And I remember that. That's why I picked the Panthers to beat them in the first round last year. And I was very wrong. Because did the Panthers added, beat them in a regular, like in one of the last regular season? Oh, games yes. They played two or three times and the Panthers crushed back, them. They played back to backs. Yes. One in Tampa, one, and they beat them in both. That's right. And they, they crushed them in both. Neither game was close. And then they played a playoff series and Tampa destroyed them. Yep. And so I added on to Peter's thing the Avalanche heading into the playoffs last season went seven, seven and one in the final month and finished on a five-game winning streak, that a winning streak that saw them beat Vegas in Vegas and two straight wins to clinch the President's Trophy. And we saw how that went for both Colorado and Tampa in the playoffs last year. So all I'm saying here before we hop into what the hell is wrong with the abs, I just want to say this. When the puck is down for game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, nothing from the regular season matters anymore. That works both ways. The good doesn't matter and the bad doesn't matter anymore. Everything changes. You're going to get some reinforcements here in a couple of days, and this team's going to get something else to play for in game one. You throw everything you just saw in the last 82 games in the trash, head-to-head matchups, momentum, none of it matters anymore. Everything changes. Everything. So, Worst comes to worst, the Avalanche, they go into the playoffs on a seven-game losing streak. You throw all that away. Could you imagine if we did? I don't want to because I think a lot – I think half of the fan base might die before we get there. But I'm just saying, if it does, you throw all of that away in game one. Right now, things suck. But we might look back on this in a couple months and be like, wow, regular season means nothing. Do you wonder if this team is realizing that the regular season doesn't mean anything? Like after you clinch everything, like you clinch home ice, you clinch the conference, you clinch the division, your, your ultimate goal is to win the Stanley Cup. Like, do you think that has anything to do with the downplay? Because I personally think it does. I like think this that, is not I, the same. This is not the same team that we've seen throughout the regular season all year. I think there's something to it, but I think they're also incredibly frustrated with how poor they have played lately. You, you hear it after every game. The effort wasn't there. The execution wasn't there. We need to be better. But you also have to wonder where it went because we clinched and then we played the Capitals a game. that I thought the ads were still okay. And I didn't think they yeah, were, they had a ton of shots. Bad. I thought the caps played great in that game and they lose that. They have a terrible first 20 minutes against Seattle that cost them the rest of the game. After that, I thought the second and third period were okay. Not yeah. not up to usual Av standards, but not terrible. Then Edmonton, the first period, we can kind of jump into Edmonton here. The first period against Edmonton, Fantastic. I thought it was great. Yeah, I yeah. thought they played outstanding. They were a millimeter away from being up to nothing going into the second period. Yeah, and Edmonton played a strong game in that one. And then the second period, I mean, Darcy Kemper had a bad period. And a yeah. bad game overall, which we don't usually say about him all that much. But uh, you, get, you get the Evander Kane hat trick. You get that crazy carom off the backboards from uh, Bouchard Hopkins to Evan Bouchard. And all of a sudden, the Oilers have the lead. We get the tying goal. And Kane picks up the hat trick later. Just execution kind of seemed like it slipped a little bit. And there just wasn't enough. There wasn't enough. Chat. And they had a chance to put their foot on Edmonton's neck. They had a five on three to start the second period and got a whole lot of nothing. Um, I think I tweeted out like that seems important that we didn't score there. Cause I think if they score there, it's a completely different game. 
Yeah, two nothing at that point. The thing about the five on three, it's not that they didn't score; they didn't shoot it at no. all. They had plenty of opportunities, and they just—I don't even know if I want to call it looking for the perfect one because they passed it up like yeah. several times. Yeah, no, they did. It, it was it was a bad power play, and if you really want to talk about something that's scaring me and you going into the playoffs, and I don't know if scaring is the right term because they've done this all year. The power play has been very up and down. And right now it's in a down, down spin. It I think they're like over the last 13. It's, I, think it's eight, I think it's 18, actually. I think it's 18 now? Yeah. That was at least it was at the start of the Winnipeg game. How many? We had two. So I think it's 18 two. or 19 now the, yeah. in a row that we haven't scored on, which coincidentally lines up with when a lot of people started exiting the lineup. But it's the execution on the power plays that's been particularly bad. We're not going to just focus on Edmonton. We're going to mix in Winnipeg here too, because this really applies to the jets game. The power play against the jets was God awful. I don't think, I don't think I recall a game this season where the power play was that bad. It was just unorganized. That was the problem. They couldn't get anything set up. And that was what concerning to me. Wow. I can't talk. That's what was concerning to me was, uh, they just didn't get anything set up on either of them. That first power play, uh, if you're talking about the Jets game, the Jets have the worst penalty kill on home ice. And they looked fantastic during it. So it was a little concerning. I, I do know that we're missing Miko and Landy. So everyone is focused on Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon. It's It turns out it helps when you have two top five players at their position in the, in the league on the power play because you can't just focus on one player. Um, but it is definitely the power play in a hole is downwards right now. And it was at a high like two weeks ago, Like It was clipping at an unreal clip. And then all of a sudden it's back down to not so good. So for me going into these last three games of the year, I really want to see some improvement on the power play. Yeah. I mean, you're going to need it. I know in the, the playoffs, your power play becomes slightly less important just because you're going to have less and less of them, but you can't go into the playoffs this cold where you can't even get set up. I, I, I know there's no Landeskog and Rantanen and Taze, but come on, guys. Like you, The Jets legitimately were more dangerous on their penalty kills than we were on the power play, and it wasn't even close. We never even got the puck to the, the, the inside. We never got no. a – we didn't have a shot attempt on the power plays. We never even had a chance to get set up because we made the worst penalty kill, or at least at home, the worst penalty kill in the league – look like the early 2000s devils where we just couldn't even get the puck in the blue line. Yeah, it was, it was just really, really bad. Um, I need to see, hopefully Miko's back on Tuesday. Hopefully Devon Taves is back on Tuesday. I know Taves isn't on the power play, but he's on the second one. He's on the second one. And you just need, you just need to figure it out going into the playoffs. Um, The PK was okay. I mean, half the special teams has been okay. Um, But, yeah, special teams as a whole is is a little concerning because power plays, like you said in the playoffs, are one of the hottest commodities of all time. You maybe get two a game, maybe, if you're lucky. And they have to be egregious penalties for the refs to call them. Like, it's not just like a slash on the hand. They have to be egregious. So, need to get it functioning a little bit more. Obviously, those players coming back are going to help but I'm really interested to see what happens Tuesday against St. Louis. Yeah. I mean, now suddenly you kind of, you kind of have to win 
on Tuesday if you don't want to carry a five-game losing streak over your head into the playoffs. And it's something we've talked about a little bit. Like, technically, yeah, you can lose all these games and it doesn't matter. It's only going to affect the President's Trophy, which no one cares about. But you do need some form of momentum going into the play. You don't want to be trying to figure it out in the first period of game one. Yeah, you don't want to be. I really think that these two games with St. Louis and Nashville are going to be very big indicators. Um, I think if the Avs win both these games and look good doing it, that the Minnesota game is just going to be everyone sitting out. But if they can find a way to like lose one of those two games, they continue to look bad. Don't be surprised if everyone's playing against Minnesota. Yeah. If you can go up against St. Louis, a team that recently has been one of the best in the league, you you look at their last several games, they have not lost in regulation since March 26th. So by the time we play them, it'll have been a month since their last regulation loss. I don't care if it's on home ice. If you can beat that team in regulation, I am willing to throw this entire losing streak in the trash and say that absolutely makes up for all of it because none of those games mattered. They were against unimportant teams that had no impact on us. If you can beat the Blues, you get reinforcements back, you get Ranton back, you get Taze back, you get Kadri kind of going again because he's been just okay. He's getting his legs back. He's getting his legs back under him, but you get some reinforcements back and you, you just get some execution back and just play well then I'm, I'm willing to throw all this away, but you yeah. gotta do, you gotta do that first. This is, this is a pretty important game. And I, I know technically it's not, but that, that we're, we're kind of running out of track here to really make up for this. Yeah, we need, we need to, I'm not going to say it's a must win game. If they lose and the executions there and you look back and just go, okay, the blues just bleed us straight up. I can live with that. The problem in this Edmonton, Go even going back to Seattle and Winnipeg game is the you say this all the time the process has not been there, it's just not been there, and maybe it's because it's the last road trip of the year. I I don't really know, but it has been terrible execution uh, the past three games. Yeah, it certainly has been the Seattle game. The first twenty minutes they just sloppy, lazy hockey. Edmonton they. They took their foot off the gas. I don't even want to say they played terrible because I didn't really think they played that bad. I just thought Darcy had a a bad game and didn't get a ton of help in front of him. This game against the Jets, it was the most apparent. That was awful. That was legitimately terrible and unacceptable, really, no matter who's in and who's out of the lineup. And so against the St. Louis team that's been as, as hot as they come lately, if you can hold them off, and play well in that game. I, I don't really know if I'm even willing to accept much of a loss in this game because you should be pretty healthy and you should be motivated to go out and get one back before the playoffs. But if they can pull that off, I'll, I'll be pretty impressed. Everyone will be fine. Um, I'm interested to see. There's been no talk of Gabriel Landeskog. Apparently he's been skating this whole time while we've been on this trip. I'm wondering if if there's any chance he comes back and plays in this game. I doubt it. I mean, it'd be cool. <laughs> like that'd be a shot in the fucking arm. If Landy's back, that, that's the shit that's been going on would not fly with Landy on the ice. No, no, so, not at all. I mean, like, Landis God, I mean, we've kind of, it's been so long without him that we've just gotten used to it at this point, but 
having Gabe Landeskog back in the lineup is such an underrated boost for this team and having him back, whether it's the one of the final two games or against the blues or game one of the playoffs is going to be such an emotional boost for everybody on the team. Even if Landeskog is not up to speed, he's going to demand more from everybody else. And oh, yeah. being this, being this long without your captain, I kind of do wonder about that effect, especially a captain like Landeskog, who's very on everybody. Oh yeah. They, they, they know they hold each other accountable and Landeskog will hold them extremely accountable. Um, that's why at the beginning of the year, it was so crucial that you re-signed him because it's hard to replace a captain. Not like you could have replaced him on the ice, but off the ice, it's what he does off the ice is you can't, you can't coach it. He just has it. He's a leader. And I, I really want him back against St. Louis. I really do, man. Cause you know, if St. Louis beats us, they'll win the season series. Right. Cause yes, we've only played I mean, we haven't played them since October. Yeah. So they'll win the season series. Um, so I would really, really like to see Lanny back just cause he, he would add such an emotional boost, such an emotional boost. And you add back in, uh, Miko Rantanen too. First time you have your top line back together in a month and a half. That'd be fucking sick, dude. Maybe I'm just, I'm just dreaming, but. Well, someone we are probably going to get back against St. Louis is going to be Devontae's. Yes. And my God, if there is a more important player for the avalanche to have in the lineup, I don't know who it is without Devontae's in the lineup this year. The avalanche are below 500 and get beat up pretty badly in every game. He hasn't played and you tweet, you tweeted out the stat a couple of days ago. So maybe you'll remember it off the top of your head better than I do, but with Taze in the lineup, this team has won over 50 games, and I think they've won maybe five without him in like the 10 or 11 he hasn't played so far this season. And you, I don't think it's a coincidence that the first game he misses is against Washington, and immediately you start to see things go downhill. I don't think you really need to be that smart to see how important he is and how getting him back is going to be a big boost to the team. Yeah, he's – it's – I don't even necessarily, I, I don't know what, what do you think it is with him out of the lineup? Cause he is great defensively, but like, what do you think it is that. I think it's just losing that safety blanket. It's what I've called the Vontaze from the beginning. You lose that glue. You lose that sense of security of having that top pair of Kale McCarr, the should be eventual Norris winner and Devon Taze, almost the, the perfect archetype of an NHL defenseman, having those two together, really gives everyone else a lot of room underneath them. And without Taze, all of a sudden you're throwing Jack Johnson up there with Kale McCarr. And if not him, it's, it's Byram. And Byram was, Byram's Byram, been okay. Byram's been good. He's been, I'm not saying he's been bad yeah. in that role. I'm especially talking about Jack Johnson here because I don't think anyone's stock has taken a worse hit than him over the last month, but you can see how, how much more stretched out the defense becomes. It becomes stretched thin. There's just, there's not, an, there's not as much room. There's less chemistry. And Taze just fits every situation that you, you have to replace him in every single situation. And maybe, maybe some people on this team can do one thing that he does well, but they can't do the other things. Yeah. And I think he, Going back to Byram, Byram is a year or two away from being what Devon Taves is. Like he has the potential to be that. It's just, we got to remember he's, he's in what it's like seventh game back from concussions. 
like, and then you're asking him to play top line minutes with Kale McCarr, like he's, against usually the top 20. Yeah. Like it, it's not fair to Bo Byram to expect him to be that good. And he's been admirable in it. He's just I, not I, there. Yeah. Byram has been one of the better players during this yeah. losing streak. I will say yeah, he's, he he's definitely had the effort. It's just, yeah. he's being, re- he's being relied on in a role that should not be expected of a 20 year old. Yeah. And he flourished in it at the beginning of the year. But the key was, is he was playing with Devon Taves for part of it too. So Devon Taves may not be the best player for the abs, but he is without a doubt the most important player. And if we cannot, like, if there's one player that cannot get injured in the playoffs, it's Devon Taves. Yeah. Maybe Darcy Kemper. Yeah. Maybe Darcy. I'd say it's, it's Darcy Kemper and Devon Taves, I think, in terms of important. If, if Darcy Kemper gets hurt, it's, it's, it's over. over. Yeah. With, with Devon Taves. I mean, it obviously hasn't been good, but I, I believe in the guys here enough that they can maybe step up and replace that massive hole in the lineup. But outside of those two, I, I think they can even Kale, because if you still have Taze in the lineup, I feel like you can kind of piece together a lineup. Obviously, you're not going to replace Makar, but it's, it's like that scene in Moneyball. Maybe we, maybe we can recreate him. You have Devontae's fill out the top defenseman slot. You have Bowen Byram focus more on the offensive side of the puck. I don't Sam know. Gerard. Yeah, Sam Gerard. With Taze, it's you're losing such a security blanket without him that I we've seen we've seen what they're like without him. It seems like they just genu- genuinely do not know what to do. No, it's weird. I, I don't get it. It's so weird because this team is still so fucking good. But without Devontae's, they're just they're just a lost puppy. I don't know what it is. It's so weird. It is a very weird thing. Um, but hopefully he's back Tuesday. This could be probably one of the healthiest we've been this game on Tuesday. That's that's saying something because we probably yeah. still won't have Landis Gog. Yeah, still won't have Landis Gog. I, I'm holding that hope, man. I'm going to go out on the limb and say Landy's back for Tuesday. I'm going to go out on a limb. I mean, we're usually, we're usually wrong about – I usually yeah. overestimate when people return. So we thought Byron was going to play against, like, the Kings. He returned, like, two weeks earlier. Yeah, the day – like, the day after we released the episode saying it made the most sense for him to play against the Kings. Yeah, and Kadriel's like, oh, he'll probably play in Edmonton. He comes back against Seattle. So I, I always overestimate injuries. Maybe that says something about my optimism. But I, I would certainly love if Landis Scott comes back. It's just – I don't want to rush anything, you know? Yeah. I mean, he will have been now skating for a week and a half. So I I'm sure you're right. They probably want to give him some practices with the team five on five, but that's the thing. You won't get a chance to practice too much. Like maybe do they practice tomorrow? No, they'll practice. Yeah. Tomorrow's Monday. Yeah. They'll, pr- they'll pr- probably practice after this effort. <laughs> um, game on so. Tuesday and they won't play. They won't practice Wednesday. So you really don't have the chance for him to practice. It's just, we'll keep our fingers crossed, but I'll go out on the limb and say he make, he, he plays on Tuesday. I certainly hope you're right. Cause they, they can definitely use the emotional injection from this game, but just getting back to the jets and the Oilers game in this it's the Oilers game as a whole, me and you kind of expected this, that they oh, were yeah. probably going to lose this game. And we were pretty close in the score too if it wasn't for an empty net and a garbage time goal from McKinnon, but they went over six on the power play. They outshot them 37 to 27, which is very strange when you consider the, the game, it felt like it was, they have, I don't think they've held an opponent under 30 shots and one. 
in a long time, actually, if you think about it. But yeah, not a long time. Kemper had a bad night in this game. That was my main takeaway from it. And a lot of the goals that went in were stuff he stops 99% of the time. The first Kane goal, he got lost. The the third Kane goal for the hat trick, that's one he he stops 99% of the time. The Is that Yamamoto, the one that bounced over his pad? Yeah, the breakaway one. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the Yamamoto goal, I it didn't seem like he was expecting it, but it's just a backhander that goes right through him five hole. Just a, it's an uncharacteristic game from Kemper. And you get a couple of those saves. I think we're talking about it's a tie game. We're probably getting a point out of this one. We also have to consider the Oilers clinched a playoff spot with this win. So they had a lot to play for in this one too. But there was just a lot of, even without Kemper, a lot of mistakes that should have been fixed. You, you want to know how this game was weird? And I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. I was waiting in the for first, it. In the first minute and a half, like this is how you knew this game was going to be weird. Pavel Francouz, who's on the bench, not playing, gets a deflected puck in the face and leaves the game. And I, once that happened, I was like, okay, this is going to be some fuck shit that happens in this game. Like our, our goalie got injured, not even playing. Yeah. He was he sitting takes, on the bench. He takes a puck like directly underneath the eye a minute into the game and does not return to the bench, not the game, the bench, because he wasn't playing in it. If that, if that doesn't describe Pavel Francouz's career, I don't know what does. It's the most avalanche thing I've ever heard. So they've got the emergency backup goalie on the bench or at least ready for the rest of the game. And I also wonder, I kind of just thought of this now, I wonder what kind of effect that has on Darcy, seeing his backup goalie just suddenly leave the game and be like, oh, shit, it's kind of all on me now. I don't have a backup. I wonder if that can rattle you. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it does, but it was, I don't know. That's a good question. We need to, we need to get a goalie on the show and figure out if that would fuck you up mentally. I mean, but, I would certainly have to, right? Like, right. I assume they're very good friends considering they're like kind of partners in crime and net and to see him take a puck and you don't really know what's going on with him. I mean, goalie, goalie is a very mental thing where if you are off even a little bit, you go from a, a 950 to an 875 on the game. So, well, and he probably like, I remember when it first happened, Jack Johnson's reaction was not very encouraging. Yeah. Like Jack Johnson's face. He was like, Oh shit. And then I think it was after like the first TV timeout, Darcy skated up to the bench and saw Frankie was still out. I wonder that wouldn't surprise me if he's like, Oh shit, I hope Frankie's okay. And they probably lost focus for a little bit. And like you just said with goalies, if you lose focus for even a minute, it's hard to get it back. Yeah. And the thing with Frankie was, is like, there was a solid like 36 hours where like, we don't know if Frankie's okay. And if he's going to be back, they called up Eustace Ananen a yeah. day later and we're like, Oh shit. Like that's terrible. Cause yeah. that probably means that Frankie's not going to play at least for the rest of the regular season. And then the next day they send Ananen down and Frankie backs up against the jets. So crisis averted kind of thing but like you like the way we brought up this conversation was a very good indicator this was going to be a very strange game did you see what uh frankie said about his face he was like i look like a real hockey player now (laughs) (laughs) like that shit's funny like he has the self-awareness like that that's funny so that's the good news frankie's okay um but yeah i totally got you off topic what were you gonna say no that's 
I, oh, was, I was just rapping with that, but yeah, it was that's that was the clear indication that this was going to be a weird game, and obviously, weird game it was. I mean, when was the last time the Avalanche had six power plays and did not score on a single one of them? And the Oilers were hungry in this game, and we obviously weren't. So yeah. it, this was the result to be expected. Like I said, I really didn't think this game was terrible. I didn't think it was good, but I didn't think it was worth the the meltdown that was happening at the moment. I thought if Kemper plays better, you get some better bounces your way. Even with playing that bad, you probably still walk out of here with a point. I had come on to this episode a little frustrated after the Jets game, like we said earlier, because they played worse. Like I said, this was supposed to be a get-well game against a team out of the playoffs where you you swing things around, you end this losing streak and you go into the, the final week of the season against playoff teams where realistically you could see two of them in the first two rounds. If you're, if you play Nashville in round one, you're playing St. Louis or Minnesota in round two, that's locked in confirmed. They're playing each other in round one. And so if I can even spin this positively a little bit, it's kind of good to be reminded that you're human this late in the season and that you're not incapable of making mistakes and that in the playoffs, you're going to need to be on your game and you're not going to get away with stuff like this. But that theory only applies if they turn it around here in the final three games, fix a lot of these self-inflicted errors and go at least two and one in the final stretch here. It really, it really does depend on the Minnesota game and just what the circumstances with that right. last game of the season is always weird. If Minnesota and St. Louis are still tied because they're, they're still tied for home ice at the moment, they've been tied. It feels like for a month, if they're still tied then and Minnesota doesn't have home ice and if they can still get it, they're probably going to play pretty hard if they rest anyone at all. So oh, they want home ice. They yeah. need home ice. If it's still a battle, they will be playing for home ice. Um, but the abs, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, like if they play well against St. Louis and Nashville, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it's Ben Myers, number one center. I wouldn't either. But uh, the theory I think I had last episode is if this continues, I would think that everyone plays because oh, yeah. Minnesota is Minnesota. You're going into Minnesota and they're going to, be out for blood and win this game that's a nice little playoff warm-up for you oh, especially yeah. especially if well, it doesn't matter who it is especially if it's any of the three and i think that could be very helpful especially if you go in there and win this game but i don't know, like i'm this is our first four game losing streak of the season we had a three game loser back at the very very beginning of the season but there's still time to turn it around you've got three games left technically none of them matter but even if you lose some of these games, I, I just I just want to see a little more pushback. You know what I mean? I get, but I've taken a I've taken the long way to get to this point. But I just want to see a little more pushback. I feel like Edmonton pushed us around a lot in that game without too much resistance. Even Winnipeg, with nothing to play for, I feel like pushed us around a lot against St. Louis. I I kind of want to be the team that's doing that to them. Like you're still, you're still coming into Colorado and we're not just going to give you these points because you need them. Even if we don't have anything to play for my, my biggest goal for these three games outside staying healthy is obviously not only to win, but to just be kind of a nuisance to play against play hard, like be protect the front of your net, cross check someone for Christ's sake, 
Yeah, do something. I, I agree with that point you said at the very beginning of this, that maybe this is one of those things where Bednar shows them the tape and goes like, hey, guys, remember this happened like two weeks ago when we made these same mistakes and we lost? Yeah, we can't do this shit in the playoffs. Um, so I agree with you. That could be maybe a uh, maybe a coaching point for Bednar. Um, I don't envy Jaron Bednar's job right now because you're trying to get guys up for games that don't matter. So maybe he can use these and be like, hey, you guys cannot get away with as much as you think you can get away with. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's good that it's now. So it's fresh in your mind in the playoffs that you cannot get away with as much as you think. I think you just put it way better than I did in five minutes yeah. talking. But you cannot get away with as much as you think you can. The parity in this league, especially in the playoffs, is very, very close. So if you play that way against Dallas, you're going to lose. Every oh, yes. Da- especially Dallas against us. Dallas playing us is a different team than the Dallas we've seen for most of this season. They always play well against us. If you do that to Dallas and if you you give up those mistakes to the, the Rope, Hints, Robertson, and Pavelski line, you are toast. They will take everything you give them and it should be the other way around where if dallas gives us anything we capitalize on it every single time because that's what this team was built on transition and speed if they make any sort of mistake any sort of turnover they should be the ones worried about it being in the back of their net so i think that's what these last three games are about is just refinding your identity and buying into it fully before game one i'm Really interested to see um, as God damn it. We're watching the Sharks Knights game and the Knights just took a four two lead. Damn it. Um, I'm interested to see how Bednar rips into the guys. That's not a happy plane flight home tonight. No, that's not. And I'm really, really interested to see how they play on Tuesday. And just judging off what this team has done all year, I would not be shocked if they come out guns of blazes against the blues. Yeah. I and mean, it's just the way we're talking about the blues game is what I was expecting against Winnipeg. If that makes any sense. Like yeah. I was, I was expecting that to be the case here. So now it kind of has to be the, against the case against the blues. Cause you don't really have much other choice. So it's like you said, we'll see where it goes. Nothing was technically lost during this losing streak at all, because we clinched everything a week ago. It's just, it's all mental right now. It's all micromanaging. And you've really, my, my other main thing is you look around the West right now, there's a lot of teams going into the playoffs with a completely different circumstance. Like Minnesota doesn't seem to lose anymore. St. Louis lost one overtime game recently. And that's it. Like they've lost two overtime games in a month. That's it for all of their losses. You look around the, it seems like the central as a whole, especially those two, they're not having these problems right now, and they're going to be raring to go in the playoffs. Minnesota's 8-0-2 in their last 10. Their only regulation loss was to Nashville, who they just beat in overtime tonight. And their only other loss was to St. Louis. And Calgary, 8-1-1 in their last 10 games. Their only loss was to Vegas, a pretty substantial one at that. But they came back with a 9-1 win the day later against Arizona. And even... It's really when you get to the other teams like Dallas and Nashville, they're four, four and two in their last 10. Vegas is six, three and one. Edmonton, seven, two and one. They've been all right lately, even though they lost to Columbus today. They lost to Minnesota a couple weeks ago. And LA, they're 
they shouldn't even be in this conversation because they have a ridiculously easy schedule, but it's, it's here we are right now. I'd say here's the difference between the abs and the rest of those teams. The rest of those teams still have something to play for, right? That's exactly the abs. It. The abs have had nothing to play for that stat. You said that Peter tweeted at the beginning of the game or the show, I think is really conducive to where this team's at. Hey everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's right. All you got to do is bet on the Avalanche to win their next game, and you are essentially getting $150 for free. And yes, it really is that simple. And if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for some cold, hard cash because new customers can make their first deposit and play for free with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up the points for goals, assists, saves, and more. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want with no strings attached. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Our tones could be completely changed if game one is a shit show. If any of this happens in game one, we will come on here full on panic. We are being very nice right now. We are being very patient because we could totally flip this and be like, it is the worst possible time to be playing like this. This is leading into the playoffs. This is all about the momentum. Nothing else matters anymore. I promise you, if this is a problem in game one, because we're going to be doing an episode after every game, there's going to be no more wait times in between episodes. I will promise you that right now. We've already talked about this. So if this is a shit show in game one, we will hop on here and rip this team to shreds for two straight hours because I do not have any patience for this in the playoffs. I'm giving a pass right now because it's the regular season late as it is. And you're done. You've got nothing to do. You're missing several key contributors that you're going to get back. And if this is also the the story against St. Louis, I'm going to probably be out of patience there too, because you're going to have Taze back and you're, you're probably going to have Ranton and back. He's missed three games with an illness, but you lose that game badly like this one. I'm going to come on here pretty pissed. I will say that. Yeah, I probably will too, but I just, I, we, we got one week left, man. One week left. It's just, man, if there was ever an argument for shortening the regular season. Yeah. Like, my God, we should have been like, we've, we've been, this is the most interesting thing we've had to talk about in weeks. Yeah. Because we've actually, we're not winning anymore. And it's not like embarrassing how badly we're beating up on these teams. Because the thing is, is like, we've been injured the whole time. No Kadri, no Landis Gog forever. And we still found ways to win those games. So that's why it seems like, especially concerning now, and maybe even less of an excuse for injuries because we've had no problem doing it before, but it's just, there's, we're right there. And I also think that's what it is and why people are freaked out. It's because 
You look right to next week, like literally by the time this episode is out, which is going to be in a couple hours and it's going to be, it is Monday here for me at this point, just turned midnight explains why I'm all over the place right now, but you look ahead one week. That is day one of the playoffs. I think, I think that's why people are freaked out right now. I don't blame them. Yeah, I would be freaked out too, but it's just, I, we've seen what this team can do when they have something to play for. And now it's, it's not even something to play for. This is pride at this point. It, that's what it is. It's pride. It's character. Yeah. You're playing for pride these last three games and you need to show up for them and you need to play well. And I, I think they do. If, if we get the Darcy Kemper we got against Winnipeg and give him at least an ounce of support or beating St. Louis without question. I mean, you could not have a better schedule for getting ready for the playoffs in these final three games. They like the thank God bless the schedule makers for once. Cause this is actually a huge favor for us. This is getting you ready for the playoffs. Like we, we could be who's someone who, I don't know. I didn't know. So off the top of my head. I was going somewhere with this and I don't really know what I'm doing anymore, but <laughs> we could be one of those teams. Like that just has like super cushy games against like teams. They have no beef with, I think like, like Dallas plays An- Anaheim and Arizona in their final two games of the season. Like you want to talk about like sleeper games, especially if, especially if they beat Vegas and clinch that playoff spot, then those are just preseason games at that point. We at least have beef with all three of those teams and have a reason to get up for them. And I think it's fine. We could, I was going to say we could play some spoiler, but we're playing St. Louis and Minnesota. So if we play spoiler, we kind of just sent them back to square one anyway, but it's at least something. It's something to do. Huge spoilers against Nashville. Yeah. Well, we could also send Nashville into a meeting with us, which could be very ironic, but it's at least something to do. Yeah, it's at least something to do. And but we, we talked about it a little bit, but Darcy Kemper, <clears throat> not good against Edmonton, fantastic against Winnipeg. If you had any concerns or you were trying to doubt, just don't worry. If he plays like they did against the Jets tonight in the playoffs, the Avs are going to be just fine. Yeah, they're going to be just – if they lose, it won't be because of goaltending. I'll tell you that much. If they, I mean, they lost this game. It wasn't because of goaltending. It was because they played like shit in front of him. And the bad games that Kemper has are very few and far between. Like, when would you say his last, like, bad game was? I'd Like, the first Calgary game? Ooh, probably. I mean, do you consider – yeah, that's probably it. Like that was a bad game. That was the first time we were watching it and you're like, Oh, Darcy Kemper's kind of costing us this game. Yeah. I mean like, and in this game against the Oilers, he was an eight Oh eight. Like there's no way you can spin that where that's good. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of like a game where he was just outright bad in like the, the first Calgary game, he was bad. He was an 800 with three goals on 15 shots. That's not good. And he, that's kind of when he started that stretch after that. And the, the Minnesota game, he was below 900, but I thought he was great in that game. The next two games against Calgary, he was an, a shutout and then a 978. It's like Carolina, some of those goals weren't great, but we won by three. Yeah. And then, yeah, like it's the Edmonton, it's the Cal, first Calgary game and this Edmonton game where he was bad. That, that was a month and a half apart. I'm not worried about the playoffs with him. Yeah, he'll be fine. So that's the positive we can take out of it. Like Griffin said, this entire episode, we have been very nice. We've been very patient because we know all of you internally are freaking the fuck out. Maybe not all of you. There's definitely some people on Twitter who are thinking we're going to get swept in the first round, which this team's way too talented to not at least win one game. <laughs> like, They're not going to get swept. It's a, it's a reactive thing. 
It's like, yeah. okay, things are bad right now. So they're going to be bad forever. And then when we win nine games in a row, it's like, oh, we're walking to the Stanley cup. It's, yeah. it's, that's what Twitter is. People freak yeah. out all the time. People freak out, but I do think that they'll, uh, I, I think they'll bounce back. And if we get to Wednesday's episode or Thursday's episode, more recording, and they get their asses kicked against St. Louis. Yeah, we'll probably have our our tone switch a little bit, and it may yeah. turn into a little panic. But on the panic meter right now, I'm probably like a three out of ten. Yeah, I'd say like a three or a four right now. It's just we've been sitting at a zero and a one for like the last month. Yeah, so any sort of rise feels significant. But if like if they lose like five to two to the Blues and just look bad again, I'm probably gonna raise that to a five. At that point, yeah, like this I is a game, like this is a game that it doesn't matter, but it does. Like, not everything needs to be mathematically important for it to actually be important. Agreed, agreed, and I, I, I think they will um, come out and play pretty well. I just, I'm just trying to just think of a scenario where I would freak out going into the going into the playoffs. They like lose all of them. Situation? Like, yeah, they lose all of them. I think I'd be my Oshidometer would be pretty high. Yeah, um, like if like if the, if nothing changes for the last three games and they look like they did against the Jets, I'm gonna come in here and be like, that is very bad. This yeah. like this is bad, and I can't spin this any other way. That they're gonna I, go into the playoffs on a seven game losing streak. That would be wild if that happens. I don't think it's going to, but it would be truly an historic collapse. Because now, like, what do you do if you're Colorado? They don't think about this like we do. But if you play Nashville on Thursday and Vegas is still mathematically alive. I can stop you right there and say they don't care. No no team care. thinks about any of that. They just go, they go in front and they beat whoever's put in front of them. I can tell you for a fact, they do not care because this, this is a thing with the, the capitals right now in the Eastern conference, their very last game of the season is against the New York Rangers. And the way it's shaping out right now, that final game could be the determining factor for the capitals to either get third in the Metro or the wild card. And if they get third in the Metro, they're probably going to play the Rangers. So the Rangers could technically have control of the, over who they play. And I can tell you, they don't care. No team ever thinks about stuff like this. And they're just good. If they play Nashville and if they beat Nashville, it sends Nashville a second wild card. They'll be like, okay, cool. Fine. Yeah. Nashville doesn't scare me as much as I thought they would. Like I watched them tonight against Minnesota. They are so undisciplined. They take so many penalties. Well, maybe that'll help them in the playoffs. Yeah. Like they are so undisciplined, dude. Um, I've watched a lot of Dallas these past couple of weeks. If we face Dallas and if that goes six, I'll be shocked because Dallas is, is okay. They aren't good. They're okay. I mean, when, when a team faces the abs in the playoffs, they're going to talk about, well, you need to shut down the stars. Well, pun unintended there, but I'm getting to where <laughs> I need to go here. When you play the stars, they are literally a one line team. And it's a, it's a very, very good line at that. Don't get me wrong. Robertson Pavelski hints has been one of the best lines in the league this year, but outside of that, that is a barren hockey team. And they've got a decent defense. Obviously, they have Miro Heiskanen, Ryan Suter, Essa Lindell. I'm not knocking that. But offensively, if you can shut down that top line, they're not much of a threat. No. I mean, Jamie Benn's regressing. Tyler Sagan's regressing. Like, I've just watched a lot of Dallas Stars lately because I have been cheering for them to keep Vegas out of the playoffs. Um, but I just – they don't scare me. And I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. 
it's I feel normal. I feel about them as I felt about St. Louis last year going into the playoffs. Right. It's like if we lose to Dallas slash St. Louis, it's our own fault. They're not better than us. There is not a scenario where if we are playing better than them that they beat us kind of thing. It's like it really just doesn't matter who we play in the first round because we should be able to beat all of them. It's, it's what we've been doing for the last several weeks, which is micromanaging everything. It's also frustrating that we have no clarity on it whatsoever. Yeah. It's I just like, want to know who we're playing, man. Right. And it just gets more and more convoluted. It's like after one day, it's like, okay, well now Nashville's up to 54% to play us in the first round. And it's up to Dallas. It's like 60%. And then Vegas starts sneaking in with like a 20%. And I don't know. Like it's, it, I just find it funny how we've talked about these playoffs the last month. Like, look at all these things that could change. If you compared the playoff matchups from now to April 1st, I think they're exactly the same. They're pretty close. I think all of them are like maybe except Toronto and Tampa. I think Boston was in there early in April. Outside of that, I think we have the exact same matchups that we had coming into the month. But nothing's finalized. That's the dumb that's, that's the, the thing. Like it, that's the only series that's finalized is Minnesota St. Louis. That's yeah, it. And Edmonton LA is kind of finalized at this point. But I don't know. Because uh, if Vegas wins, they're what one point back of LA? No, they're still pretty far behind. I mean, since we beat the crap out of the Kings, they have not lost a game. They're at 96 right now. And oh, Vegas God. is at 89. So they if Vegas wins, they're five points behind them. They got two games in, or a game in hand, though. Yeah. So they would they would need to win out and LA would need to lose their final games against bad teams. Yeah. That's not yeah, I agree. Edmonton LA is probably finalized. Wouldn't it be hilarious though if LA gets home ice against Edmonton? <laughs> that would also take Edmonton falling off too, because where are they right now? They've they're they got two know, point lead. Yeah, they got three games left. Pittsburgh, San Jose, Vancouver. LA's got Seattle and Vancouver. So I think Edmonton would also need to lose out and LA would need to win out. Yes. I think but even still, the, the matchup itself is finalized. So it, it's kind of coming together. I just want to know who we're playing. And hopefully after Tuesday with Vegas and Dallas playing, hopefully we get some answers. Because if Dallas beats Probably Vegas. Probably not because if Dallas wins that game and pushes Vegas out, it's still going to be like a tie between Nashville and Dallas until the last day. That's true. Uh, yeah, we, we won't know until the very end. And then we play Nashville the next night or two days later on Thursday. And we'll probably have a pretty strong hold of our own fate of who we play at that point. Yeah. Cause we talked about this off air. Nashville just needs to win one of the two games against uh, Colorado and Calgary and obviously beat Arizona and they're fine. Yeah. They're, they're in like some, someone has to make the playoffs. I think yeah. Nashville's fine. Nashville would have to go. Oh, and three in these final three games for them to more than likely fall out. Yeah. But, because they got five points, they'll be up three points after Vegas beats San Jose. Like you're feeling pretty good. Yeah. If, if they if they just beat Arizona alone, they finish with 96 points. And see, doing math, bad idea. It's past midnight. Vegas wins <laughs> this game. They're at 91. They'd be five points behind, and they'd have three games left at that point. But one of those games is against Dallas, so that kind of cancels it out at the same time. Like I I just think Nashville's fine, and they're yeah. gonna make it. I think Probably. Nashville's fine. Whoever wins this Dallas Vegas game, I think is in the driver's seat for the second wild card. They would have to be at that point. It's funny right now because the before this game wraps up between Vegas and San Jose, it feels like for the first time Vegas has the game in hand on Dallas. And so if they win this game, they're at 91, Dallas is at 93. 
and they play on Tuesday and Vegas has all the tiebreakers. So if yeah. Vegas wins that game there, Dallas would need Vegas to lose against either or both of Chicago and St. Louis and Dallas would need to win out. Realistic so for Dallas. I mean, I, but also so what Dallas is, is that outside of Vegas, they now have the easiest schedule in yeah. the NHL. So even if they lose to Vegas, it's not over. So nope. we're still probably not going to get any clarity. Nope, we won't. And we, we should talk about that Vegas thing because there's really nothing else to talk about the ads. The whole Robin Leonard situation, how just piss poor of an organization they are. Yeah, uh, how they sent out a false press report saying that Robin Leonard was having season-ending surgery. And then the next day, Pete DeBoer would be like, well, uh, not to my knowledge. He's taking a maintenance day right now. And turns out the ending of this saga is Robin Leonard is sitting on the bench right now for the Golden Knights as the backup to Logan Thompson. So he did not have season-ending knee surgery. What I still didn't really fully understand this, from, but from what I heard, like it's not like the reporters got it wrong. They were sent something saying that Leonard had season-ending surgery, and I'm very curious as to how that happens. How does that happen, dude? Like This doesn't happen to any other team but Vegas, and it's hilarious, and I'm going to keep laughing at them until we face them in the first round. And But he, he, that – these reporters, like these insiders, like Emily Kaplan's a good reporter. She like wouldn't Emily Kaplan would not put something out there if she was not certain. And yeah, then, yeah. and then put in that same tweet, sources tell ESPN implicating her employers as yeah. well. If she was not completely certain. And Jesse Granger, the main Vegas beat reporter said the same thing. It's not like they got this from like a tabloid. Yeah. Like it makes zero sense how that gets out. Um, either way, like if Vegas sneaks in, I still think the abs beat them just because Vegas is a mess. Um, it sounds like Riley Smith isn't going to come back this year. It sounds like that. Sounds like it. But I still like Vegas would be a, if you're talking about facing Dallas or Vegas, you, you want Dallas a hundred percent. I mean, I just think da- Dallas is the perfect combination of you get up for that series. Plus you can definitely beat them. Yeah. It's just like with Vegas, it's, it's a coin flip in my opinion. Yeah. Like that's, that's still a good team. Yeah. They're, they're still better really than, good. They're better than Dallas. It's just the fact that Vegas fell apart for an entire month that they're in this situation. Like it almost feels unfair for us to have to play them in round one where like, where Calgary would get Nashville. Yeah. Like that, it, that it would, feels like a discrepancy and Edmonton gets LA. Yeah. That's it, a little would, dumb. That's why you need to bring the one through eight back. I guess even with the eight, they'd still be Vegas would still be eight. Never mind. Oh uh, yeah, I guess so because LA has kind of run away with it recently. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. There's so much to be unsorted in this last week. Um, but we'll end the episode on a positive note. I think the Avs beat the shit out of the Blues. No, no, beat the shit. I think they beat the Blues on Tuesday. I think Gabriel Landeskog makes a guest appearance. Maybe they do like Joe Pavelski did. Remember in game seven where they just showed him on the scoreboard and the whole stands just lost their fucking mind. Maybe they do something like that. Um, and then I think we beat Nashville too. So I'm going to say we go two for two this week. And then the Minnesota game is truly just a toss up depending on those other games. So I'm in a positive note. I think, I think they're going to write the ship. Yeah. Like, and I, I trust the players enough. I trust Bednar enough. I trust the organization enough to make the message clear that, look, guys, 
we know we're done and we have everything locked up, but this is not acceptable. We, this is not us as a team. This is not who we are. And there are a lot of jobs on the line here for the playoffs, at least for a lot of those depth guys who have not looked very good in this. Darren Helm looked good against Winnipeg. I thought Darren Helm played well. Helm played Uh, well. He looked like he's trying to earn a spot and I think he'll get it. But that's the thing. Like if you don't play well in these games, there's going to be repercussions in the playoffs and also you're professionals and adults. You shouldn't need your coach to hold your hand and tell you to play better. Like I, I trust these guys enough that they're going to write the ship. Yeah, I think so too. I'm, and like we've said, I would rather have this going on right now, going in, going in the regular season than it, any chance at all in the playoffs. Cause we saw how quickly it unraveled in the playoffs. Oh shit. San Jose just scored four, three, but to finish my point, I would rather have this happen now than first round of the playoffs. Oh yeah. So, you, like imagine if we just end the season totally normally, we go like seven, two and one. And this has been lurking under the surface the whole time and surfaces like towards the end of the first round. And in the second round, imagine how pissed we would be then. Now we know this is a thing that they're human and capable of bleeding. And I think that's a humbling thing. And they just need to come out in these games against tough teams and prove that they can bounce back. And I think that's all the momentum you need going into the playoffs. Yep, 100%. We're going to spin this as a good thing. And if they lose on Tuesday, we'll come on Thursday and completely backtrack everything we just said yeah but because if, right if, now, if they get their asses kicked on tuesday against the blues i'm not going to be nice anymore yeah. like this is fucking bullshit you have two games left win both of them i swear to god yeah so we'll leave this show there and we'll end on a positive note but just know if tuesday comes we're gonna have have a griffin young's rant unknown to mankind to open the show on thursday so little teaser for you there yeah hopefully i'll be more awake this time <laughs> it has been it's been a long day man it's yeah, been it's, good. it's been a lot of sunday scaries but we'll uh we'll wrap up the show unless you got anything else griffin no not really it's just this whole day you just i woke up today and you you know you just wake up and you're just like oh no nope this is not working today and it doesn't help that when you have four things that you need to get done in the next 12 hours so i apologize if i sound sleepy i am so for Wednesday, for better or worse, I am hopefully going to be risen from the grave. And I promise for the playoffs, I will not be lacking for energy. Oh, so, yeah. We'll be we'll be feeling good. So it's it's going to be my entire life once the playoffs start. I don't think about anything else. So we've got some fun stuff planned uh, Wednesday or Thursday. By the time you're here, it's going to be our last kind of normal episode for the season. Uh, we've got some fun previews planned for over the weekend where obviously we're going to preview the whole playoffs. Uh, we're going to be obviously talking about our series, no matter who it is. And then in the playoffs, like I mentioned earlier, going to be every single game episode is going to be up that very next morning. We are going to be in this for the long haul. And as, assuming that we get that far, that the avalanche are still in when my semester ends, maybe a couple in-person things. That'd be crazy, yeah. dude. That'd be very weird. But yeah, we got to get there first. We got to so. get there first. So just know we've got a bunch of stuff planned. I've, I know we've just been kind of running through the motions the last several weeks just because, like, Jesus, there's nothing to do. Yep. But for the playoffs, things are going to get fun. So hope you guys are ready for that because in a week, we might be playing on Monday. We just don't know. Might Monday or Tuesday. We're going to be a week away. So 
Hope you guys are all ready for that. And just don't waste your energy on these games before the playoffs yet. This is our job. We have to, but take a deep breath. Sun still rises and we'll see you guys on Thursday when the blues game will be in the book and we'll be ready for our final two games of the regular season. It's, it's been a journey, man. It's been a journey, 82 games, almost complete. And then the real season starts. So, and then you take everything we just said for the last 60 episodes and you throw it in the fucking trash because none of it matters anymore after that. None of it matters. So let's rest up. Let's get ready for Tuesday and ready to rock and roll. Yep. You said it. So that's going to do it for us on this edition of the tell it abs. It is podcast on the hockey podcast network. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay, and you can follow the show at tell it abs. It is we've got some fun giveaways coming here soon for the playoffs and stuff like that. So keep your eyes open for that. But outside of that, thank you all so much for tuning in as always. And we will catch you next time for what could be a very, very entertaining episode of the podcast, depending on how it all goes, probably regardless of how it goes, it'll be entertaining because we're just the best, right? Exactly. We're so good at this. (laughs) So good at this. I say at 1237 AM. But regardless, thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll catch you all next time. Enjoy the rest of your week, and here's hoping for a bounce back against the Blues. This is an emergency broadcast that we did not plan when we stopped recording, but the San Jose Sharks, the second we stopped recording, tied the game against the Golden Knights with nine-tenths of a second to go and won the game in a shootout, pushing Vegas to the brink of elimination against the Stars. If the Stars beat them in regulation, the Golden Knights are done christian holy shit that we was the so most excited i've been this. that was what most excited i've been watching a hockey game in the, like two weeks like we oh, talked yeah. about with the abs like they have nothing to play for that got the playoff juices flowing man and Dude, people are on twitter right now celebrating like the holy was shit just Dude. you scroll through the timeline right now and it is just people i this is the closest we've come to being united as a country in decades in hatred of United in hatred of the golden Knights as they lose five, four in a shootout to the sharks and the sharks just fucking love torturing them so much. Of course it's the sharks. It had to be, it couldn't have been anybody else. Oh, this is look at this tweet from Sim Bim Vegas. So the season comes down to a stupid skills competition. Fuck. Yeah, it does. And you lost the skills competition. This is the first time in my life. I have ever enjoyed a shootout. You bet your goddamn ass that I'm fine with shootouts right now, because that is objectively the funniest shit I have ever seen. Dude, Vegas has to stick around. This was their last home game. They're doing jerseys off their back what? night. <laughs> they just tweeted that Vegas is up next regular season's awards and jerseys off our backs. <laughs> oh my God. This is How amazing. Holy shit. Oh my God. That was you so fucking you funny. Can't script stuff like this. That's so good. Oh, oh my God. My God. Look, that listen so to me. Listen funny, to the dude. tone of my voice oh from my God. five minutes ago on the episode. I am elated. The, oh the clock my. hit midnight. It is the start of technically a new day. Could not be going any better. Oh, Holy that's so shit. fucking good, dude. I need, I need videos of them doing jersey off their back. I need oh it. Oh my God. I can't believe they're going to do that right now. 
Holy shit, dude. Dude, the boos that were raining down when San Jose tied that game. Oh, my God. Holy shit, dude. All right. Yeah, we had to come on and just – that was – that was – no matter what else happens this year in hockey, that will be one of my favorite moments because Vegas is the most stuck-up fan base of all fucking time. They have no idea what it's like to lose. So – yeah, fucking suck on that, Vegas. That guy in my Twitter mentioned saying, like, oh, you're scared of Vegas. You guys aren't even going to be in the fucking playoffs, bro. So suck it up. Oh, my God. Nothing brings hockey Twitter together more than the Golden Knights downfall. It's, yeah. a, it's really a beautiful thing to witness. There's all this animosity 365 days a year. Oh, my team's better than yours. You know, Dude, there's, whatever. There's a video of Logan Thompson crying on the ice. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm, look, I'm looking at this right game. now. They've got they've got Jack Eichel going out there and patting him on the back and Chandler Stevenson and Pacioretty and Robin Leonard and picking him up. He's on <sighs> one knee, just staring at <sighs> the ice. Okay, oh that was a little mean. Logan god. Thompson was fantastic, but that that is that's he's, a scene. He man. is unfortunate collateral damage. Yeah. Oh my god. All right. I've I, I'm I'm going to bed so happy. Get, who gives a fuck about the abs games lately? Yeah, fuck that shit. We're in the playoffs. Who cares right now? This that is this up, is that makes up for all of it. Oh my god, dude! Like, Ooh. isn't it nice to know that we're not crazy and that we don't have this like obsession with Vegas that everyone feels the exact yeah. same way that everyone fucking hates these guys. You are yeah. the worst, and you deserve all of this. And if the Stars win in regulation on Tuesday against Vegas. It is done. They are mathematically out. Oh, I need oh it, my man. God. I need it. God, a must-win game, and you lose to the Sharks. The Sharks. And they've lost under a second devils. left. Yeah. And they've lost to the Devils, too. The Devils. Granted, the Avs lost to the Devils, but we didn't lose on home ice. Holy shit, dude. Holy shit. I love hockey. That makes up for all the bad things we talked about. I enjoy your Monday Avs fans knowing that we're at least in the playoffs. Just enjoy that. Oh, it could be so much worse right now. Everything could be so much worse. We could also be Carolina who doesn't have a goalie. Yeah. But they they also lost Ranta earlier today and they yeah. lost Anderson against us. They're down to like their fifth string goalie. So I'm going to have to find a way to coherently edit this into the episode. But regardless, we did not plan this. We, we no. were literally hanging up the call. It was like, oh, it's four or three. Let's watch the final minute here. And they actually tied it with yeah. Under a and they killed a penalty left. in they overtime. The Sharks did fucking penalty in OT oh. off of that dog shit call on Brent Burns. They kill it off and they go all the way down to the end in a shootout. Oh my god! Just that is probably the most fun I've had watching hockey all yeah. season. That yeah. is incredible, and I am definitely tuning in for Dallas and Vegas. Because it's in Dallas. That was it for Vegas at home. They're doing the jerseys off their backs. They got to go on the road and win three straight road games and hope Dallas not only loses to them, but loses again. They're Holy do- like that, shit. That locks in LA, I feel like. I feel like LA, if they win one more game, they're in. They would have to be, yeah. Yeah. Because Vegas has three games left. The maximum they can do is 96, and LA's at 96. Yeah. So I guess if, like, they have LA one gets a more, point. they've one more, LA has one more regulation win. So I guess technically Vegas could win out in regulation and get that tiebreaker. So all LA needs to do is get a point and they're, and they're good. And yep. they're in and all they're Dallas needs to do for both them and Nashville 
is to beat Vegas in regulation. And all Dallas, I mean, theoretically too, if they get one point in that game, they it, just it have, all, they but it's all but over. Yeah, because they need to lose their last two against teams that we already talked about aren't very good. Yeah, they face Anaheim. Arizona at the end of the year. Yeah, Anaheim, who doesn't even have the boost of a Ryan Getzlaff final tour because he played his last game already. Yeah, for whatever weird reason. And Arizona, who is feckless right now. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome, dude. That was great. I needed that. Dude, I just, I just feel like I got like an injection of fresh air in yeah. my lungs. Just, like, I feel great about the like tox- I just got, I feel like I just got a toxin purge. Yeah, I feel, I feel great. so good. I'm gonna sleep so well tonight. Yep. I'm gonna, turn, I'm, gonna I'm gonna turn up the AC and just bury myself under the blankets, knowing that Vegas is on the brink of death. <laughs> it's a national, it's a national holiday every year uh, when Vegas loses. Love it. So that's uh, it for our little special incursion on this episode of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in because I, I do not know how I'm going to edit this in, so I might have edited out the other outro. But regardless, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to follow us on Twitter. Oh, before, before you go, before you go, they gave the team MVP to guess who? Yep. Evgeny Dadnoff. <laughs> oh, my God. They gave it to Dadnoff. You can't make any of this up, man. You can't. Oh, my God. They're doing regular season awards. Holy shit. Okay. They gave it to fucking <laughs> Kenny Dad, not the guy they tried to trade. Uh, they deserve every part oh of this. Oh, my God. I'm retweeting this. Hey, That's they, so again, This is before they've even missed the playoffs. Yeah. Can you imagine what oh. the offseason is going to look like? Holy shit. Oh, That's man. so fucking funny. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Now in the show. End it again. Also, that one is... last thing. The Sharks just ended an 11 game losing streak to Vegas. Yeah. Oh, God. I cannot believe they gave the team MVP to fucking Nevgeny Dadnoff, the guy they tried to trade for pennies on the dollar. Oh, oh that was great. All right. All right. In the show. In so the show. Before anything else happens, that's going to do it for now. This incursion of Detail It Abs It Is podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and for celebrating along with us the downfall of the Golden Knights. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, follow me at NHL. Follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. Follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. We'll see you all next time when we are talking about the abs again, I promise. And then whether Vegas is still alive or if they are officially done. So catch you all next time. Enjoy the final week of the regular season.